Hi, this is Steve Nerlick from Cheap Astronomy. Astronomy Without a Telescope, the e-book. Hey, Cheap Astronomers. Some of you might remember this announcement. If you've been following the saga to date, you'll know I'm doing a PhD at the Australian National University. I'm also doing this weekly podcast... And I'm still trying to manage a weekly post at Universe Today as well. So, after some careful thought, I feel that I've now had to decide that, what the heck, I'll write a book. And yes, I know I'd said I'd done all I could, but recently I got to think that, since the PhD is kind of on track, and since a number of you good folks helped out with the proofreading and all, once again I started thinking... What the heck? Part of this rethinking was a realization that there is no such thing as a standard ebook. The old style Kindle format with black text on white background is fine if you just want text, but if you want something with images and hyperlinks and stuff, you really are heading into uncharted territory. All those free ebook converters, which some of you kindly sent me, Just convert your book into black and white Kindle text, which is probably why they are free. So, in the end, I did what any cheap astronomer in a fix would do. I just paid someone to do the hard work and got the heck on with my life. Anyhow, as a sort of teaser, Durrany is going to read the last section of the book, which I did just write for the book itself, and being the last story in the book... It's called The End. The End. This last story is just for this book. It has not previously appeared in print. It is also a neat way to finish up, since, in order to cover what we know of the likely end of the universe, it is necessary to draw on most of the themes that are covered elsewhere in this book. Firstly, Einstein. Einstein's Special Relativity described motion in a whole different way that took everyone by surprise. He then followed those principles further to produce a theory of gravity in his general relativity. This also took everyone by surprise. He then took things yet one step further by using the principles of general relativity to develop the basis of modern cosmology. The reason that Einstein is not routinely credited with developing modern cosmology is probably because of his so-called biggest blunder. Really, we should blame the astronomers of his day for the error. The prevalent view then was that the universe was static and eternal. But one thing that Einstein's math didn't predict was that the universe would be static and eternal. So he gave one of the terms of his math an artificial value to force it to predict the universe that would stay static, at least for a while. It was an ugly compromise, and was shown to be clearly wrong within a few years, when Edwin Hubble announced data about the motion of distant galaxies, which indicated that the universe was clearly expanding. Nonetheless, scratch the surface of modern cosmology, and you will find general relativity. Modern cosmology is general relativity. An expanding universe should steadily dilute its contents as its volume grows. 
a universe that steadily dilutes its contents would begin curving outward, since mass energy density tells space-time how to curve, at least at a local level. But the fact that our universe is flat, and seemingly has been flat for most of its history, suggests that there is no such simple correlation between the overall density of a universe's contents and its overall geometry. You can choose to jury-rig the maths of general relativity, much like Einstein did, and plonk in something called dark energy. Or you could just note with interest that our expanding universe has a natural tendency to stay flat. Why? No idea. Haven't a clue. But this does represent a different line of inquiry to pursuing the proposition that a mysterious energy force appears out of nowhere and then disappears without a trace after it has managed to balance the math. In any case, there is general agreement today that our universe's expansion is accelerating and its geometry is flat. This allows us to eliminate some of the early theories about the end of the universe. We should no longer expect there to be a big crunch or a big bounce. We also see no indications of a big stretch that might precede a big rip, since our universe remains stolidly flat despite its accelerating expansion. From current data, it seems most likely that the universe will expand indefinitely without ever reaching a dramatic end point. Putting the distraction of dark energy to one side, in the face of endless expansion, the energy content of the universe should become increasingly diluted and tend inexorably towards thermal equilibrium. This is the ultimate expression of the second law of thermodynamics, the one about entropy. To all intensive purposes, our universe will end when all the wood has been burnt to produce heat. All the heavy radioactive elements have decayed to produce heat, and all the stars have fused their light elements to produce heat. All that heat will steadily spread out across the volume of an ever-expanding universe until it is eventually diluted into virtual nothingness. This is sometimes called the heat death of the universe, but most people prefer to call it the big whimper. You can cook an egg because the egg is cold and the fry pan is hot. But if everything is at thermal equilibrium, the egg will just sit there. In the big whimper, the universe achieves a state in which nothing more can ever happen because there are no thermal gradients left. It will just be a cold, dark, expanding vacuum, perhaps interspersed with black holes, unless, as Stephen Hawking proposes, the black holes will eventually evaporate too. So could intelligence find a loophole out of this utter end of all things? Could the latter-day children of our universe find a way to sneak across into another younger and more sprightly universe? Might they then continue on, universe hopping for what might then become a genuine eternity? How this might be achieved is unclear, since our universe seems not to be densely populated by alien civilizations. It doesn't seem likely that anyone has previously hopped into our universe 
to call it their own. Even if our universe's children become the first to attempt such a feat, it is inconceivable from the basis of our current scientific understanding how you could move in any sense outside the boundary of a space-time universe. In the absence of distance or time, there is no motion. Our best hope may be that as different universes expand within a hypothetical multiverse, some might occasionally press up against one another, providing an opportunity to hop on over into a new universe. Alternatively, that universe could just merge with ours, delivering a fresh supply of low-entropy constituents which would re-establish thermal gradients and disequilibriums across the newly merged universe. Or maybe we will eventually figure out what is required to activate a new Big Bang, even though activating it may mean the utter destruction of our universe. In the latter days of a universe that has gone cold and dark, it is conceivable that we might decide the only way forward is to start again from scratch. Maybe in that final step, we will discover that there always was a worthwhile purpose for our existence. And who knows? To paraphrase Douglas Adams, this may have already happened. The End And thanks, Darny. So, there you go, folks. Astronomy Without a Telescope, the e-book... At a whole three US dollars and ninety nine cents is available in Kindle and dot EPUB versions. And if you aren't an instant expert on how to get ebooks onto iDevices or other smart devices, just go to the Cheap Astronomy website, which if I haven't mentioned it before is www.cheapastro.com, where you will find links to current publication sites. For Astronomy Without a Telescope, the e-book. And, if my word isn't enough, here's Janet, the librarian, from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast, with her take on Astronomy Without a Telescope, the e-book. smart enough boys and lovely listeners this is janet the librarian here to tell you about an interesting new ebook called astronomy without a telescope the one by steve nerlich phd student at anu and host of the podcast cheap astronomy astronomy without a telescope set itself apart from other astronomy books i've read the moment i got to the contents page the chapters included einstein and aliens and the entries included is time real and necropanspermia. That's when I realised that this wasn't a book about how to look at stars, but how to think about them. It contained answers to the questions you start to ask yourself after you've been gazing into the depths of space. What's out there? How did it get there? And how do we even know that? This is a book for understanding the universe and understanding modern astronomy. This isn't the type of astronomy William and Carolyn Herschel were doing at the dawn of the science. Multiple disciplines of science have gone into our current understanding of the stars, hence the whole chapter on Einsteinian physics and his influence on cosmology. The book is mostly a reworking of blog posts from the Astronomy Without a Telescope column on universetoday.com. 
the reordering of later articles to appear earlier in the book seems to reveal when feedback uncovered an unexplored concept in need of prior elaboration. And it works. One article leads to the next. Steve's original post-dates also show that he's at the cutting edge of astronomy. The article on warp drive has only just hit the mainstream media more than a year later. Astronomy without a telescope is only 91 pages long. The brevity is achieved by hyperlinks taking the place of explanatory appendices that would otherwise be necessary for beginners like myself. I'm an interested amateur and I found this to be an extremely informative book, but in no way light reading. The density of new concepts meant I still don't understand everything and I'll have to go back to it. Reading it casually only allowed me to pick up interesting pieces of trivia, like how some of the beautiful photos of stars you might have seen are created by layering images from different types of telescope on top of one another, infrared and ultraviolet translated into beautiful colours to reveal amazing details otherwise invisible. Only a more intense reading really got the ideas into my head. Despite the density of ideas, the book has a conversational tone, joviality that you might expect from a book aimed at interested amateurs. Because it's an ebook, the illustrations have a habit of making the text hang untidily on the page, but they make up for it by being beautiful and informative. As the boys and yourself may be asking, how do I find a copy of this book and begin wrapping my mind around it? Who am I kidding? The boys wouldn't ask for that. Dan would be too busy making a phallic telescope joke, and Greg would be likening quasars to Batman. But you, gentle listener, would be asking, like the lovely inquisitive person you are. The answer is that Astronomy Without a Telescope is available through Amazon as a Kindle book, and the iBook store as an EPUB, for less than $4 each, which is only appropriate from Cheap Astro's Steve Nerlick. It's a bargain because it gives you access to the concepts needed to truly grasp astronomy before ever having to look through a telescope. This is Janet, the Librarian, signing out. And to finish up, while the book certainly has no ads, I'd have to sell at least a 100 to make any kind of profit on it, and I'm really not sure that's ever going to happen. But in any case, I do like to think there's a bit of good science in there. Hopefully entertaining science at that. Bye!